something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studio Home of the premier radio bowling talk show PBA Hall of Famer Len Nicholson was instrumental in developing the PBA Lane Maintenance Program in 1971, which is still referred to today. He was a founding member of the Bowling Foundation, which was created to finding solutions to scoring issues in bowling. He was also a recipient of the Bowling Industry's Flowers for the Living Award and the John Davis Award in recognition for his contributions to this great sport. And with over 1,200 shows spanning 21 years, this may be the longest-running podcast in human history. So, Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company. Well, Phantom fans, this week we have yet another very special guest to talk to as we continue to interview Who's Who in the world of bowling, and our guest was with us about a month ago. We ran out of time, and we promised to have him back. And our guest is a former bowler. He bowled a few PBA events, but he realized his passion was running professional-like tournaments for junior bowlers. And we've told you about his impressive bio before. I don't want to waste a whole lot of time, because he's got a lot of important things to talk about. But his events are beautifully done, and a quick viewing will impress you like they did for me. So let's get him out here so he can tell us more about all that he does and how you can see his great videos for yourself. So, Phantom fans, here again is Randy Brown. Hello, Randy, and welcome back to Phantom Radio. Phantom, I'm not sure I can live up to all that, but holy moly. That's very kind of you, and, uh, you know, you do have a, a guest list on this podcast that reads like a who's who of bowling, but I'm more of a who's that, and I'm just very grateful to be a part of it. Well, it's our pleasure and honor to have you on, a man of, of your caliber and experience, and you're not afraid to share it, just like we aren't. So let's start by giving our listeners your company's name and website address. So they can see your great work, and then we'll tell them again at the end of the show. So, Randy, please tell us uh, what those are, okay? Well, the the show that I do is on YouTube. It's called Prodigy Bowlers Tour. People wonder, well, how do I bowl on the Prodigy Bowlers Tour? Well, Prodigy Bowlers Tour isn't really a tour, and it's not a tournament. It's a it's a made-for-YouTube TV show. And it dates back to 2016 when I was still living in Georgia. And I used the show as a method to grow our youth leagues that I ran at a bowling center down there. And since I moved back home to the Kansas City area, Prodigy now covers the Kansas City Open, which is a tournament organization that holds monthly youth scholarship bowling tournaments here in the greater Kansas City area. And we cover two of their divisions each month. They do divisions that are average-based. We do a Division One show every month for the 
200 plus averages and uh, we kind of rotate the other show each month between the four other divisions that they have. And so it's more of a legitimate deal now covering real deal tournaments. Whereas when I was in Georgia, they were kind of after league challenge matches. And I would dream up these wacky formats that the kids would bowl in as a coach. I like to put them in pressure situations. So I'd come up with things like what I call the seventh frame sweat where we'd have three person matches and the, the seventh frame, the first ball in the frame, low pinfall, that man is out no matter where he stands in the match. And hence the name, the seventh frame sweat, because I like to put these kids in pressure situations and it just always worked out. They, they had a lot of fun, but the show is a little more legitimate now covering real tournaments. All right. So anyway, we talked a lot about different things last time, but I want to nail everything down so our listeners get to know you as well as I do. And I'm learning more and more about you because I've looked into everything that you've sent me. I love all the videos and I really want our listeners uh, to go in there and see just what a professional job that you do. And I do remember you telling me that you did start back in 2016. Uh, when you were back in Georgia, and then you moved to Kansas City. So you told us a little bit about that. So if you could expand a little bit about what's going on in Kansas City now, like maybe where they're held at and things like that. Well, the Kansas City Open is a tournament that's been around for about 26, 27 years, and I just kind of hooked up with them as a way to keep Prodigy Bowlers Tour going on my YouTube channel, which is, uh, well, you just type Prodigy Bowlers Tour into the search bar on YouTube, and it'll bring up the videos. Um, but the Kansas City Open uh, is one of two pretty active tournament series that are here in the area. They're coming up on their biggest tournament of the year in June, the KCO Invitational, which uh, last year I think they passed out like $30,000 in scholarship uh, awards, which is crazy. But uh, the bowlers up here are just so into it. And, you know, it gives me warm feelings about the future of our sport with these kids. They're, they're so awesome and so talented. It's, uh, it's hard not to be optimistic. You know, I, I've gotten involved uh, lately with the juniors. And I'm telling you, I'm so impressed with what I see, not only on your channel, but what I've seen in person out here on the West Coast. Uh, there's so much talent, it's unreal, and they're our future. So I've been watching your videos, and I am totally impressed. Uh, you should be a director, producer on ABC Wide World of Sports. Bring that back, <laughs> uh, because it's it's unbelievable, the work that you put into it. And, and one thing that I'm really curious about is each episode of Prodigy Bowler Store, they get to sign what is called the coveted trophy pin. So tell us about that, okay? Well, the coveted trophy pin was born out of an idea. When we first started the show in 2016, I, they were just bowling for bragging rights that week. And one of the viewers posted a comment online, why don't you give them something to bowl for, a prize of some kind? And this was a zero budget production. I didn't have the money to go buy a trophy every week. But I got the bright idea. What if I got a, a pin made up with the show's logo and get everybody to sign it? And then at the end of the year, 
uh, have, you know, the, the winners each week sign it. And then at the end of the year that we'd have our tournament of champions and the winner would get to be presented with the pin to get to keep it. Well, the first year, the kid who won it, a guy named Charles Bostic, who now bowls for Weber in Florida, he gave the pin to this nine-year-old kid who loved to mix it up with the big kids, even though he had no chance of beating them. But he didn't care. He was ready to go and bowl and knew that one day he would beat them. And so Charlie gave the pin to little Hunter Moffat. And I used to call Hunter the America's favorite nine-year-old. Next year, the guy that won it gave the pin to the kid that he beat in the championship match because the kid he beat had actually won the most times that year, and he felt like he was more deserving of it. The year after that, the kid that won it gave it to another player in the field that he liked. And and then we went into an 18-month hiatus because of the pandemic. And before I left Atlanta, I wanted to get the kids together one last time before I moved up here to Kansas City. And we did one last tournament. The kid that won that day, we gave the, the last coveted trophy pin to that had been orphaned when the pandemic forced us to suspend production. And the kid that won it that day was none other than that same Hunter Moffat that Charles Bostic had given the first pin to. Well, he held on to that pin for eight months until he went to Grand Rapids to Junior Gold. And he kept the tradition alive by giving it away. And the guy that he gave it to was Charles Bostic, the kid that gave him the first one. Wow. Which put a perfect bow on the Atlanta chapter of Prodigy Bowlers Tour that I just loved. We are uh, now kind of getting ready for the Prodigy TOC at the end of our season. We got one more pair of shows to tape in June for the KCO. And then we do the Prodigy TOC, and that's it for us this season. Um, and I just got the awards back from the award company that I ordered them from. They look great. Not only will they be bowling for the trophy pin this year, but we're doing a scratch and handicap division. We'll bowl a qualifying round, and the top four in each division will advance to the step ladder. And then a fifth position will be held for the winner of a wild card round. If you don't get the top four spots, you still have a second chance to get that fifth spot in the step ladder by surviving a wild card round that's a single ball elimination. Cool. Again, I love putting these kids in pressure situations and get their knees knocking. And uh, the kid that survives the wild card round will get the fifth spot in the step ladder. And then the handicap and scratch division winners will will each get a nice award. One of them I'm calling the Charles Bostic Award for the Scratch Division winner. And the other, it gets the Hunter Moffat Award. And you know those guys now because I just told you about them. And the winner between those two will bowl off for the coveted trophy pin. And I'm expecting it to be just a fantastic day. We're bowling in late June for this. And all the winners that we showcase on prodigy throughout the year at the kansas city open is invited to bowl in it and it's just going to be a great day you know you mentioned pressure uh <laughs> that's what life's all about so if you can get them used to some pressure not only in bowling but in life in general at work there's pressure there's pressure driving down the highway sometimes so that's right yeah you better be ready to handle pressure in this life 
Boy, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned uh, earlier Kansas City, and that's a wonderful place. Uh, I used to go there every year for the King Louis Open. And Which is about uh, three or four miles from where I live in Overland Park, Kansas. Yes. One of my, my favorite towns. I loved Overland Park. Uh, I got along great with everybody in that bowling center. And uh, it's centrally located, which is a great part of the country. But what I'm noticing is uh, the, they seem to be mostly local, the kids that bowl. Uh, is that right? When the show was originating from Georgia, we had kids travel from as far away as well one of them came in from germany to be on the show he didn't mm. he actually didn't survive the qualifier he came all the way over and didn't make the show but he bowled in it but we had kids come in from oakland california and detroit new york and uh, they came in from all over and here in kansas city you know, you don't have to live in the kansas city area to bowl in the kco uh, they had they had some kids come up from Arkansas for the tournament a couple of months ago that made the show. I was surprised we were in St. Joseph, Missouri yesterday for the taping of two episodes that I'll be working on here this month. And I was surprised we didn't get some kids down from Iowa or Nebraska because we were so far north up in the northwest Missouri. But I don't know exactly if we did or not, but none of them made the show if they were in the field. But no, you can you can bowl in the KCO regardless of where you live. You just got to come in and bowl it. That's awesome. You know, uh, the longer you live, the more you find out things are pretty similar. And uh, at Kago, we used to call it full circle. You go around full circle. And uh, I don't know if you ever had the opportunity to meet the founder of Kago, John Davis, but I did not. John Davis is from St. Joe. So how about that? Yeah, that's a full circle thing to hear. I wanted to mention because he he puts a chill on your arm. Unfortunately, you didn't get a chance to meet him, but he was a true genius. But we could talk about that for a couple of hours. But I'm going to allow you to rest your voice for a few minutes as I need to talk a little bit about my Phantom Radio Junior Bowers Club. OK, absolutely. Everybody needs to know about this. <laughs> Well, one of the reasons we started is because of guys like you. You know, you're one of the founding fathers of junior bowling tournaments. Uh, even though our club is not a tournament club, we want to focus some attention on the juniors, give them some exposure, let them know what it's like to have their name on the Internet, even interview them from time to time with their parents, and, and get them used to what you said, pressure, because... That's what life's all about. But after I do this little promo, I'm going to ask you a final question, and then you can close the show for us, okay? You got it. All right, Parge. Well, having said that, I'm not going to take up a lot of time, but I'm very proud of what we've accomplished uh, so far. As most of you know, we started on March 15th, and that's less than two months ago. And now we have... 90 members and each member gets a prize and they get their name on our Facebook page, which is Phantom Radio Show. And shortly when we arrive at the 100th member, uh, that member and one of their parents will appear on the show with me. So we're going to introduce them to be on the show, what it's like to be interviewed in person, 
stuff like that. Also, there's going to be a special gift given to any member who sends me a comment during the week. And it could be a question about the Pro Bowlers Tour. It could be whether or not they like our show or something they want to hear on the show. They want to hear from a certain bowler. Uh, I had one kid already ask me, uh, please uh, talk to Jason Couch. He's my favorite lefty, and I'm a lefty. And I've never seen him miss a seven pin, and I have trouble making him. So if he can give me a tip. Well, if I get a hold of Jason, which I have, and he gives the answer, that kid will get a prize. So anything that they say, just as long as I know that they're listening to the show. Because after all, this thing is free. It's just an opportunity for them to get hear their name and, and try to get some fame and fortune, not through money because the kids can't make any, but they can, they can make money from smart program, which is USBC, and use it for college down the road. So let me know that you're listening to the show, to you members out there. Uh, send me an email or a text at Len Nicholson at SaveOurSport at Yahoo.com. And that's the abbreviation for Save Our Sport, which is S-A-V-R-S-P-R-T at Yahoo.com. And we want to hear from you. And we're really proud of the accomplishments of having 90 members already. And I know that a lot of you haven't found a way to, to join. And you can find it right there on the Phantom Radio page on Facebook. So, Randy, back to you. I'm going to ask you a final question. And then you can give us, um, you know, some kind of a thought that you have about the bowling in general. You're going to have the stage for a couple of minutes. And I know you're not bashful. so. Here's my question. <laughs> Several bowling centers are closing in recent years, but you've remained positive. And so I want to know from you, what gives you a reason to be optimistic about our sports future? Because of guys like you who are doing things like what you're doing for junior bowling and youth bowlers, because when I'm around these kids every week, I, not only do I do this show, once a month, but I also coach. I'm a USBC silver coach, and so I'm around kids every week at the bowling center at league, and <laughs> I don't see the negativity in their eyes and in their faces. They don't. They think bowling is cool, and they think bowling is for smart people, and you know what? I think they're right, and when I look around and I see high school bowling, did you have high school bowling when you were in high school, Len? I no, didn't. we did not. I had a junior league on Saturday, and that was it. That was it. There was no junior gold back then. Nope. Look at what look at what USBC is doing for youth bowling with junior gold. That's a life-changing experience when they go to that thing. It is unbelievable what that's all about. And collegiate bowling? There was no collegiate bowling when I was college age. Was, was there for you? Heck no. In fact, uh, you did your best if you get a scholarship on the football team. They give out 30 scholarships, and there's 100 guys that are going to the college. There was nothing about bowling. Well, honestly, Lynn, when you and I were college A's, there was barely indoor plumbing back then. But <laughs> that's another subject for another show. But the point is, I'm optimistic about bowling because I don't see the negativity in these young people that are coming up who are going to become 
the bowling proprietors and the, the leaders of the bowling industry in the future. The people who have this negativity are the people who are walking around with all this baggage. Now, there's no getting around the fact that bowling went through a bad time when the industry was overbuilt in the 50s and 60s, maybe even the 70s, but it started downsizing. Yeah, bowling centers started closing, probably because there were too many of them built in the first place. And because the economic landscape in America changed. People were having to bolt, having to, to work two jobs. Mom had to go to work. And so they didn't, they didn't go bowl leagues at night because they, you know, the bowling centers didn't have a nursery for the kids anymore or whatever the reason was. But all of this stuff is tied to the folks our age and older that are that have been through the wars and that have seen all the bad stuff and the, the people that are coming up who are the future of the game, they don't they don't carry this baggage. And I hope that they will have with them an energy like I see in them every day, every weekend I see them bowling, that they will bring an energy to it and a positivity to it and an imagination. One of the things that's missing today, in my opinion, with bowling proprietors, is that they think small. Their whole idea of promotion is to put out some flyers on the counter. That's not a promotion. When I was in Dallas working at a top 40 radio station, one of the record companies that I was working with came to me and said, the rock group journey is coming to Dallas. We'd like to do something with your station to uh, have them meet the audience. Got any ideas? Well, our sister station in Denver had just done a softball game with them. And I thought, well, it's about 112 degrees here in Dallas. I don't want to see my name in the newspaper. Randy Brown, responsible for the rock group journey, dying of heat exhaustion. That wouldn't be good. So I said, let's do something indoors. How about bowling? And we did a promotion with the rock group journey inside a bowling center. We packed that place. They had to build bleachers like it was a PBA tournament to see a bunch of 115 average rock group musicians bowl with a bunch of disc jockeys. We raised thousands of dollars for a charity, packed the place, and I'm sure the bowling center sold tons of hamburgers that day. And I'm just, I just wish that people in those positions would think bigger and think in terms of something more than just a Saturday night sweeper. My friend, uh, I got to tell you, that's some great advice. Um, there is one thing that stuck out that you said um, about the nursery. You know, when things started becoming politically correct, uh, you couldn't even call it a nursery anymore because if you didn't have a nurse in there, uh, you weren't allowed to have a, a, a playroom for the kids. But that hurt a lot of bowling centers. Not that you mentioned it, but you're right. They should have called it a playroom instead of a nursery because a lot of bowling centers had to close down, at least that part. And then the women that wanted to have their kids in there, they stopped bowling. So that hurt. And, and the other thing that... Uh, yeah, they replaced the playroom with a bar. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people contact me and go, you know, we want to hear a livelier show. We want to hear some uh, bitching and moaning. Who were the guys that were the biggest problems on the tour? 
blah, blah, blah. And I says, hey, I'm not going to have a shock jock show. We're not going to have a bunch of complaints on here. There's enough controversy in every bowling center concourse out there in the world. I want to talk positive about bowling. And, and that's what you do, Randy. I really appreciate hearing all that from you. I don't know. That, I, I just, I'm positive about it, just like you are. Uh, we're both indulged in, in the juniors. We know that's our future. And, you know, we've got a lot of ammunition, me and you, to talk about a lot more things. And that's why I say I'm going to have you on a lot of times. Just so you know, um, there's a record out there. Uh, the record right now is 17. I've had Salvino on the show 17 times. Larry Lickstein, another great conversationalist who knows everything about the history of the PBA. And Jim Dressel. They're all tied at 17. Now you got 15 more to go, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be there. <laughs> that's a pretty that's a pretty steep climb, but uh, that, and that would put me in some pretty elite company. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But those those are all great guys. Well, we're going to have a lot of topics to talk about because you're an intelligent guy. You love this sport. You're fully engulfed in it. And uh, I want you one more time to give our listeners the address where they can go to look at your videos. They're going to be totally impressed like I was. YouTube.com slash and then the little at symbol Prodigy Bowlers Tour. Just like Pro Bowlers Tour, except they're prodigies. Okay. It's the little, the little at symbol right after YouTube.com slash the little at symbol Prodigy Bowlers Tour. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell the listeners once again that your promotion is as professionally done as anything I've ever seen uh, on television, on YouTube, on every everywhere I've ever looked. And uh, I want you to keep up the good work. I want you to stay in touch with me. I'm going to contact you again in a few weeks. We're going to schedule another show. In fact, you can even send me a couple of suggestions of what you want to talk about the next time. So I don't dominate the conversation. I don't want to. I want to hear from you. So you stay in oh, touch. Man. You, you are so kind. You are so kind. <laughs> and you don't, you are the man. You have been doing this podcast for how long now? 22 years or something? 22 years. Yes, sir. Unbelievable. So you are the undisputed man. <laughs> well, you know what they say about experience? It's wasted on the old sometimes, and and the youth, <laughs> the youth is wasted on the young. So uh, I I I love these juniors because it makes me think about the past, and a lot of times that's all you have left because you don't want to think about the future because all that is is a bunch of aspirins. <laughs> I hear you, God. I know after being on my feet all day yesterday, don't I know that? <laughs> All right, Randy, well, the old clock in the wall tells me we're just about out of time, and I can't believe how quickly the show goes on this thing because uh, it's the fastest show in all of sports. I know that. I enjoy talking with you. Uh, it's a real pleasure to have someone that has the same thoughts in their mind. Uh, in fact, I feel like a twin brother to you. I, if you have a sore arm, I bet my arm aches too like the twins do, but you know, we have more to talk about the next time and the next time and the next time. And so we're going to be back in touch with you again down the road. I want to thank our sponsors, 
Storm Bowling, who sponsors everything, and Brad Edelman from the High Roller. They've been with me since I started 22 years ago. I really appreciate their sponsorship. Also, Dave Kowalski, he is a coach that was just recently inducted into the Michigan Coaches Hall of Fame. So we want you to all come back and listen to us every week. One final word, Randy. What do you got to say in closing? No bowling. What a fantastic two words that is. Okay, so for Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled And you need some love and care And nothing, well, nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me